0: Radicalized who in America? Let's face it, things are pretty intense politically in this country, right? Uh, Whose fault is that? Is it always a bad thing? Well, the Democrats say these are the worst times ever, and Donald Trump is totally, totally responsible. All those people at the Capitol before uh, January 6th, after January 6th, the whole MAGA movement, they find it radical. These people who were at the Capitol were really radicalized by Donald Trump.
1: Trump was radicalizing white supremacists in real time. A mob that was incited by the president, radicalized by the president for his own political gain, uh, attacked the Capitol. You're dealing with a
2: Republican Party that has been radicalized by Trump. That mob was summoned to Washington by Donald Trump, radicalized over a period of months by the telling of the big lie. Donald Trump radicalized people like an Al-Qaeda recruiter. Right.
0: Donald Trump, terrorist. Okay. Uh, they really have gone way too far. Radicalized, no. Setup, yes. This was a great big setup. I am convinced. I am convinced. January 6th, so many people went there with peaceful intentions, and they were exploited, and they were, I think, led astray. All right? The next time anybody talks to January 6th to you about what a horrible, horrible day it was, Well, it was a bad day, and we saw some bad actions from the cops. Number one, the cops who walked away just before Ashley Babbitt was shot. Why did they walk away? There was absolutely no reason for them to walk away. How about the cops who let the protesters inside the building? I know you saw the big crush by the tunnel, but what about this? When they're standing, just welcome to the Capitol, all right? How about that little cop? We call this the little cop who is aggressively waving the crowds onto Capitol Hill. And perhaps most disturbingly, well, it's all disturbing. Nothing's more disturbing than what happened to Ashley Babbitt. But the man who begged for help from the cops who were wearing perhaps $10,000 each worth of riot gear, and they stood there and did nothing. Why is that? Here they are. You'll see him just standing there watching this poor guy who's begging for help. And they don't move. Something very, very strange. Look, January 6th, we don't know what the hell really happened there. But I do know that Trump rallies for seven years now have been totally peaceful, totally peaceful without major incident for seven years Doesn't that say something about the MAGA movement? And you know, for all the talk about Donald Trump being an extremist, Donald Trump being a radical, he was in many ways a traditional president who worked within the system. Now take his potentially two most controversial ideas. Maybe number one, the Muslim ban. It's wrong to call it the Muslim ban, but let's call it the Muslim ban. The Supreme Court approved that five to four. How about building the wall? Congress fought him. But ultimately, the Supreme Court said, uh, you can actually use the money. It's legal. You can make this happen. And he started the wall. He went through the appropriate channels. Now, Democrats, did they go through the appropriate channels in 2020 when they stirred up half the country over Derek Chauvin and George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter nonsense? Now, they embraced this. They glorified this. This radicalized a country and stigmatized the best of this country, the police. And look at the numbers. We had nearly, what, 300 riots where there was severe damage. We had one riot, one riot on January 6th, arguably on the right. And what is the threat to our democracy? What do they tell us? They were, I believe, stirred up. The 275 riots and those who participated by the mainstream media and Democrats, because it wasn't just one day, it was every day. It's today when you still hear this. The battle to achieve racial justice and root out systemic
1: racism in this country. There is systemic racism that must be weeded out. We've got to deal with the the issues of systemic racism throughout our society. It is systematic or systemic racism through many, if not all, of our institutions. And it gets to the point of the systemic racism that exists in this country that permeates every social system that we have here. Let's be real that systemic racism... It's part of our American culture. It's embedded in every facet of life. Uh, Systemic racism is just as American as apple pie. (laughs) America's
0: rotten to the core. They say that every single day. And guess what? People start believing them. We've seen these maniacs. They are believing the hype. Okay, America's systemically racist and the cops are terrible, right? Right.
1: Need to protect themselves against uh, racist police officers. Modern policing, particularly in the South and as you said, in certain parts of the Northeast, actually evolved out of the slave patrols.
3: To understand American policing today is really to tell a story that comes out of slavery in the United States.
2: The discriminatory and racist police System in America The
1: police have not actually slowed down their killings of people and black people in particular. And so this entire system is what needs to be put on trial.
0: OK, if the system is terrible, the police are terrible, the laws are terrible and not to be obeyed. What happens? Crime goes through the roof. Criminals have been encouraged to not obey our laws, our customs and to believe that the entire system is racist. It's no surprise whatsoever. They say Trump uh, incited January 6th, which is not true. They, the left, incited this. They made it happen. By the way, uh, it's not just murders. It's basic everyday thievery. Take a look at this in Los Angeles. Now, this is actually, it looks like it's just a dirty train track, right? (laughs) No. This is the aftermath of, uh, well, burglaries. What they're doing there, they're sneaking onto the trains and grabbing packages, and they're opening the packages. Take a look. You got everything there, UPS, Amazon, everything you can think of. They're taking mail off the train and opening it and running away with the stuff. All right. That is new to me. Unfortunately, this is this is old news. Young children dying, gun violence, usually children of color, so many of them. And it's incredible. It barely makes the news anymore. It's so typical. It's just not extraordinary. It happens all the time. One of the reasons why it's not newsworthy, the media are not interested when a black life is taken by another black person, they don't care. They only care when a black life is taken by a white cop. That's, that's where you can gain viewers, they think. That's when Black Lives Matter tries to earn political capital. I don't know what's happening, but it's very, very sad. Now, these four women, all murdered, some uh, just a couple of days ago, uh, some a few months ago, received a, a fair amount of media attention, in part because some of the unusual statements made by the accused in these cases. First, you heard about Brianna, the young woman in uh, Los Angeles, 24 years old, the grad student. This guy did it. Hopefully, cops were on the verge of catching him. We had in New York, Michelle Go pushed to the subway tracks by this guy who's walking around saying that he's God. In Baltimore last month, Kiana Hawley shot and killed a police officer. Shot and killed, it is believed, by these two individuals. In Chicago, Ella French, hero cop, also shot during a traffic stop Uh, these men uh, held in connection to that case. District attorneys, you would think that this would be the season of tough on crime. I mean, let's get this all under control. We are hearing
2: the opposite. What we're not going to do uh, is if you are uh, suffering from addiction or mental health uh, and you commit a low level crime, we're going to get you the services you need. We're not going to incarcerate you.
1: In a city like Chicago, where we have a gun violence epidemic that we have to tide, spending our time chasing offenses that aren't going to have an impact on on that isn't keeping our community safe
2: because they lie for each other, because frankly, For too long, police uh, people in police culture have had a mentality that is almost criminal in nature.
0: That guy's just a cop hater, the DA in Philadelphia. The other two are making a fundamental mistake. They think that criminals specialize, like, well, I just shoot people. I don't do anything else. Quite frankly, (laughs) the guy who uses a gun most likely is not going to pay for the subway to get to the murder. You understand? These guys don't specialize. They do lots of bad things. But back to how he got here. I do blame the media, and I do blame their over-the-top coverage of the George Floyd case and how they covered up certain aspects of this case. Now, this guy should be alive. I don't like what happened to him. Of course not. Uh, Derek Chauvin, the cop. Uh, this is bad. This is bad. We have pointed out on this show that there is a manual in the Minneapolis Police Department that actually authorized the knee to the neck. Crazy as it seems, it was actually in the police manual. All right, but that's pretty granular. How about this? The media had access to this. Other cops were involved in this. And I think this is part of the story. And you know why they weren't interested? Because it took the racial component out of it or possibly de-emphasized it. These are the four people arrested in connection to George Floyd's death. You'll notice, perhaps, that two of them are people of color. Now, I think that's relevant if you're going to make this all about race, and everything seems to be about race these days. If that had been emphasized, if the story had been told a little bit more responsibly, would we have had the riots? Would we have had the looting? Would we have had the chaos? Probably not. But then people would not have been able to benefit politically. Hmm? By the way, if we had normalized all that stuff, Ashley Babbitt would be alive. Ashley Babbitt would be alive right now. And uh, (laughs) if this actually did happen, at least Lieutenant Byrd wouldn't have gotten away with it. What he says right here in most police departments, in most jurisdictions, he could be indicted for. Instead, in this bizarre world we live in right now, they give him a gold medal.
2: It was later I, you know, found out that the uh, subject did not have a weapon, but there was no way to know that at that time. And okay. I could not fully see her hands or what was in the backpack or what the intentions of.
0: But he bang anyway, he couldn't see any of that stuff, but he boom. What the hell kind of admission is that? Gold medal, try an indictment. I want to talk a little bit about Brianna Kuffer as we wrap up the first portion of the show. 24-year-old grad student alone in that furniture store, savagely attacked and killed by a maniac. Her father was on cable news, our friends over at Fox. He spoke beautifully about her, and he made a very interesting point. What's endemic in our society right now is that everybody seems to be oriented on giving back rights and bestowing favor on people
4: that rob others of their rights.
0: Right? I mean, that's what's happening. And a society that does that is broken and sick. We need to get better and we need to be repaired. And I think, quite frankly... We'll get a lot closer if Republicans win in 2022 and Donald Trump comes back in 2024. When we return, when we come back, Brett Kavanaugh, remember that farce they pulled on him with Christine Blasey Ford? We hated it. Uh, I happen to like Brett Kavanaugh. never met him, but I like him. I also think he's a good justice. But what happens when ridiculous charges are made against someone you might not like? Maybe Governor Cuomo. He's no hero of yours, right? Well, when they come after him and it's just as unfair or even more unfair, I believe we actually got to stick up for him too. Even the ones we don't like deserve fairness. Be right back.
2: Real heroes, real conflict, real threats, real heart. Now, there's a place America gets its news. Newsmax. We're real news for real people. Millions are turning off the old channels. And switching to Newsmax,
1: the fastest growing cable news channel
2: in America. No agenda. No spin. Just the facts. Millions watch us. So can you. Newsmax. We are real news for real people.
0: All I I can say... say Is Is that that the the fake fake news news? just Just doesn't doesn't get get it, do do they? (laughs) Disgraceful moment for the fake news when they went after Kavanaugh and propped up that Christine Blasey Ford. What happened to him was a total disgrace, an embarrassment to the country, and I know it made a lot of men, quite frankly, very apprehensive, if not downright scared. This guy has a sterling resume, had great recommendations from his first grade teacher all the way up to the president of his law school. Everybody loved the guy and they almost took him out with a phony baloney, no details whatsoever, crazy allegation from that Christine Blasey Ford. Obviously, in my opinion, a head case case clearly propped up by the swamp the left-leaning swamp i mean where did these people come from really now i couldn't believe it i really couldn't believe it when this all happened that believe women believe this woman became a mantra became a, a way people were answering the phone believe women even guys were pushing it fellas talk to your friends tell them you believe women Tell them why you believe women. Tell them why we all must believe women. I, uh, would anybody ever say believe men just flat out? Every, people are good. People are bad. People are a little bit of both. It's, that was crazy. And this was crazy. When America fell in love with Andrew Cuomo, Governor Cuomo during the COVID crisis. Now, I actually have met Governor Cuomo over the years. I used to be a fan, but something happened During COVID, uh, he lost me. That book deal, he actually wrote a book in the middle of that crisis as businesses were closing down all over the place and got a $5 million advance. That really bothered me. How about this? When he sent away the ship, the hospital ship. Why? Because Donald Trump had something to do with it. We could have used that ship in the middle of a healthcare crisis, but he sent it away because of ego. And of course, the worst thing, really, the COVID situation at the nursing homes, and there may have been a great, big, massive cover-up. We don't know the full story yet. I hope we get it someday. But I have a pretty good sense that he is no sexual predator. And for whatever reason, and I still haven't figured it out, was this a Joe Biden-commissioned hit job or what, they decided not to get him on any of this stuff, but on sexual harassment. And that's not what they... Not by a long shot, even though they had a state attorney general who came out and almost like Maya Angelou spoke for the women.
1: These 11 women were in a hostile and toxic work environment and that we should believe women and that what we have an obligation and a duty to do is to protect women in their workplace. And what this investigation uh, revealed was a disturbing pattern of conduct by the governor of the great state of New York. Chilling, chilling. The great state
0: of New York. I mean, try this stuff in New Jersey, but not the great state of New York. No. Well, I'm making light of this for a reason, because it's all a joke. Nobody actually read the report. And now, finally, you can find out the truth, but nobody seems to care. I'd like to introduce you to Sexual harassment survivor, state employee number two, the doctor who's about to give Cuomo a COVID test, accuses him of sexual harassment for what happened here as the entire world watched.
1: There should be no reluctance. This is Dr. Elizabeth DuFort, who is in the appropriate... PPE wear. Nice to see you, doctor. You make that gown look good. Head up a little bit. Head up. Close your eyes.
0: Close my eyes. Okay. Why do I need to close my eyes? You can question the doctor. That's
3: okay. Why do I need to close my eyes?
1: For comfort. comfort. It might make you tear a little bit.
3: Okay. If I fall
1: asleep? <laughs> then we'll have okay. you sit down. I don't believe it. That's it? Yeah. That's it. Nothing else. That's
2: all.
0: Did you feel the sexual tension? Wow. He was such a... He was nothing. It was fine. But that is state employee number two. And she filed a complaint against the governor. And it made it into that phony baloney report that uh, Letitia James was talking about. And she, of course, believed women. She felt that the governor intended to convey a joke of an implied sexual nature. It goes on to say, next, please, if you don't mind, at the press conference in front of the press and cameras, the governor stated, nice to see you, doctor. You make that gown look good. Yeah, we just saw that. What did she say about that? Please. Next. State entity employee number two found the governor's comments offensive and that they would not have been made to an accomplished physician who was a man. This is absurd. You may not like the guy, but if they can accuse him of sexual harassment, watch out. When they want to take you out, they'll take you out. All right, here's another one. Charlotte Bennett told the world about how the governor really wanted to, uh, well, he had the hots for her, according to her.
3: His line of questioning was not appropriate. He was coming on to me. His intention was trying to sleep with me. He was trying to sleep with me.
0: Okay. Um, Well, let's go to the report. Let's go to her testimony. All right. Here it is. Are you ready? Children, watch out. This could be a lot to handle. You're about to hear Charlotte Bennett summarize Governor Cuomo's coming on to her.
3: He showed up for the day. You know, I'm a mess I'm working two jobs. I'm exhausted. I threw my hair into a bun in the morning. And he, when he's arriving, I say hello, um, and usually he'll say hello. And he just asked me; he just like commented on my the fact that I had a bun. He's like, I don't know if he asked why I was wearing a bun or just said your hair is in a bun. But he commented on my hair, and that was all I got from him. I said goodbye, and he stops turns around, walks towards me, walks like behind my cubicle and is standing over me and I'm sitting in my swivel chair and he asked me why I put my hair in a bun today. I was like, wait, you don't like it? Kind of not, in, not looking for his approval, but like a what's wrong with my bun sort of attitude.
0: A survivor, a survivor. Now it is possible that Governor Cuomo inappropriately asked her about Whether or not she's monogamous in her relationship. Something tells me, according to the state report, she might have been down with the conversation. Let's go to it. The governor asked Miss Bennett if her last relationship had been monogamous. At one point during this conversation, Miss Bennett tried to change the topic by discussing a tattoo that she wanted to get for her birthday. You see that part? She changed the topic by discussing a tattoo that she wanted to get for her birthday. Well, uh, a tattoo is, well, let's face it. <laughs> I mean, you get a tattoo in a certain place, that's not a way to change the subject. That's or that's changing it to a subject that is kind of intimate. Change the subject to, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know, healthcare policy, but to a tattoo, there's something weird going on here. All right, very quickly, Elisa McGrath and Brittany Camiso. here they are, they work for the governor. They seem to be quite attentive, Brittany Camisso, in the middle there, took a selfie with the governor. She claims that this is the moment right after she was groped by the governor. She, look, use your use your eyes. She looks content and she looks happy. She sends this message, this text, this uh, selfie to her friend, Alyssa. Alyssa responds, wow, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous, this, that, and the other thing. All right? It's right there. Text message. It's all documented. So, um... They asked her about this. Alyssa McGrath, what were you thinking when you received this message? Because the governor actually told Brittany, send it to Alyssa. Let's see what happens. Send this to Alyssa. Take a look.
3: Ms. Camiso shared with you a picture she had taken with Governor Andrew Cuomo? Yes. Um, And she shared the picture and you wrote, "Um, where is my pick? I'm officially jealous. Um, why were you officially jealous? Uh, I felt like I needed to say that considering she was with him and he wanted, um, he asked that it be sent to me. Um, so she sent that in real time to me. Um, um, so I felt like it would be like, not nah, rude. So recognizing that she told you after the fact that he had asked her to send it do you remember why you said i'm officially jealous uh just because she took it she had a picture with him i just wrote that in response to her thing like i just i knew she was with him so i just i that's just like how we talk
0: so that's Alyssa mcgrath getting caught in a lie big time right there on camera But nobody cares because, uh, well, the mission's been accomplished. Governor Cuomo is gone. I have a feeling this may have been a hitch up from the uh, Biden administration. I don't know what's going on here, but I know it's not sexual harassment because sexual harassment in Joe Biden, well, that's something, right? We've all seen that. So this guy's the president, but Cuomo's the predator. Does that make sense? Let me see the president again. We've all seen this stuff, it's very strange. There's the president. Show me the predator? That's actually an accuser against Cuomo, by the way. Let me see the president? (laughs) I mean, and let me see the predator? This is ludicrous. One more time. President Joe? The predator? None of this makes sense. But actually, Cuomo's attorney, a woman named Rita Glavin, a former federal prosecutor, kind of summed up the crazy moment we're living in. I think she did it very well.
1: The media, I mean, I've been watching the interviews that were done with some of these women, and the media didn't want to ask them hard questions. And the media, when they had information that contradicted, they didn't push. And I think there is a, a real, this is like the third rail. If an accusation is made, you don't want to be accused of attacking a victim. You don't want to be accused of victim blaming. So then what are you supposed to do? It's you keep hearing, I believe all women. And what I think the right thing to do is, because I think we're in a really sensitive time here, and I think the right thing to do is, of course, people should come forward. And it's not just women that should be able to come forward. It should be men. And I think what you have to do is say you have that right to come forward, but then we got to go through the evidence and figure it out. What was the context? What were the facts? You may have understood this differently than somebody else. I think people are afraid to do that.
0: It's true. People who should not be afraid to do that are afraid to do that. Folks in the media. And I'm sorry, Governor Cuomo, I guess I'm one of your only allies on this one, but you were wronged. And let's see what happens. All right. Stay with us. Uh, John Lewis, John Lewis, the late great congressman. (laughs) They are hiding behind this guy, a phony baloney sham of a voting rights bill that is just a fancy way to illegalize voter I.D. and play with the next election. Thank goodness it's not going anywhere. Be right back.
4: It's our America. We built it. Courage. Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the Free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news
2: for real people.
0: So that's uh John Lewis, the late Congressman, civil rights leader. Hey, uh, look, I met the guy once actually at the laundromat. No kidding. Nice guy in person. I don't know what he'd actually make of this thing. It's the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, all right? It's 700 pages, it's crazy. This is the thing that uh, Joe Biden has been pushing so much. Now, I've been through it, the best I can tell, this is a very long, convoluted way to uh, make voter ID essentially illegal, and uh, what else? Um, Possibly mess with the next election, all right? It's very hard to go through this stuff and understand it. And I think they do it on purpose. I really do. Because if you ever notice, when you watch the news, they don't really talk about the substance of this stuff. They just talk about the game of it all, the game of politics. Who's for it? Who's against it? Never what the it is all about. Turn it on any day, like I did this morning.
2: Manchin and cinema may be the public face of no changes in the rule, but there are other Democratic senators who maybe aren't so public who don't agree with that.
0: Yeah, I'd say that's right. I think there are people. Listen, I think there are senators that are. Um, wobbly and a little bit less willing to change the Senate rules to pass voting rights, especially if the if the effort is going to fail. I think you've heard some of that hesitance from people like uh, John Tester, who says he's not crazy about a carve-out for voting rights. You've heard Mark Kelly, Democrat of Arizona, who's in one of the, the marquee Senate races this year, have said something similar, some sort of pause about blowing up the filibuster. So yes, they are the public face, but there are some people All right. They, they just go to the horse race of it all. They don't help us understand this thing and uh it's actually hard to understand it is complex again for a reason but i went in to the voter id section is section 1801 way 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 inside and there are provisions in the freedom to vote act john r lewis that uh same day voting is fine and no id is okay as well if the official has known the individual for at least six months that's all it takes No ID, just vote. If the guy's known you for six months, there's crazy stuff in here. There really is. This doesn't make sense. And I'm not learning about it, neither are you, by watching uh, cable news with this one big exception. Uh, Voter ID, ID in general is American. That lady earlier said systemic racism is American as apple pie. ID is an American as apple pie. You needed to do virtually everything. Elizabeth Warren How is it that you don't understand the country where I think you were born?
1: Before we get to the procedural part, keep this in mind, that state legislatures all around the country that are controlled by Republicans are doing everything they can to keep people from voting. Who are they trying to keep from voting? Black people, brown people, college students, uh, people who live on tribal reservations, trying to keep those folks from voting because they might vote Democratic.
0: What a hustler. What a hustler. That's a hustler right there with a flimsy story to tell. Wow. Well, I'm just thankful that this thing is not going anywhere, at least for the time being. I somewhat regret printing it up because I'm going to throw it out. All right. Stay with us. Dr. Mehmet Oz, Republican candidate for the U.S. Senate from Pennsylvania. We will be right back.
2: information. Truth is freedom is Newsmax. It's real news for real people.
4: Here's to you, Anthony Fauci. You are like Joe DiMaggio. Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fauci. Dr. Tony Fauci. Dr. Fauci. Instead of letting the sycophantic media fawn all over you, let's talk facts. You got COVID wrong.
1: Fauci, under fire, didn't do enough to investigate where the virus originated. That's a
0: good question. Ah, Fauci misled us. It was a little bit of a misunderstanding. Dr. Fauci needs to be fired. He's been wrong too often.
4: Dr. Fauci, let's get the facts straight here. You and me, let's have a debate, doctor to doctor, and give the American people the truth about COVID-19. I'm game, anytime, anywhere. Dr. Fauci, are you in? I would
0: love that. Pay-per-view, something. Dr. Oz joins us right now. He's a candidate for the U.S. Senate from Pennsylvania as a Republican. Dr. Oz, welcome back. Any word from the Fauci camp?
4: Greg, so far, I'm sure they're evaluating it, but I have not heard back. I am quite optimistic that at some point I will hear something.
0: Well, let's face it, you're dead on about him, the sycophantic media, and he has been
4: wrong. And wrong. How much damage do you think Dr. Fauci has actually done? Well, the biggest damage is that he mixed politics and medicine. And when you do that, you get politics. And I specifically, I'll speak to the issue of wonderful physicians, experts, epidemiologists who raise concerns over the cascading authoritarianism that came out of Washington with the pandemic. And he would shoot them down. He would actually would work with media. We have me emails exchanged back and forth demonstrating that he would actually work with folks to assassinate these individuals. So one by one, they get deplatformed. They can't speak. Uh, the media writes harsh articles, which doctors aren't used to hearing. And then, you know, when you're done all that, no one puts their hands up anymore because everyone they look around, there's no one standing. And that's a real issue because there's a general belief, I think, by a lot of Americans, especially Democrats, that there's a consensus behind what Fauci was articulating. Quite the opposite. He wasn't well-respected in many quarters, and much of the advice that was given was not believed to be accurate enough, and we're paying the price right now. A good example, Greg, we keep focusing on vaccines. Every time Washington says something about Omicron, it's about more vaccines. Vaccinate the 12-year-olds. Get more boosters into their arms. Yet we're finding out that physicians who used to be on FDA panels aren't even giving it to their own kids. Because they're worried about side effects from giving a booster, which aren't huge, but there's a significant issue, for example, with myocarditis. But if there's no benefit, then what's the point? And that's not how we're going to get our way out of Omicron. We've got to deal with treating the illness, which from day one, any physician taking care of patients, ministering to sick people would have said, I've got to have prevention, but please give me treatments as well. We don't have treatments. We don't have enough of the pills. In fact, you can't find any of the pills from Pfizer and Merck that have been approved and seem to you know, remarkably impact the course of the illness. You can't find any of the antibody cocktails. I've been looking. I'm taking care of patients. It's... I'm struggling with it. I mean, it's borderline malpractice that we don't have those products in our hands right now. This is America.
0: Dr. Roz, Pennsylvania, key seat for you, obviously, and in the presidential contest. You know, a case actually made it all the way to the Supreme Court. They didn't hear it about the constitutionality of the last election, 2020 million, a million votes potentially cast in violation of the state constitution. In Pennsylvania. Is that an issue that you're passionate about? Are you hearing f- about it from Republicans in Pennsylvania?
4: About two-thirds of the primary voters say it's an issue. And they have different definitions of why. But generally, under the cover of COVID, there was a series of, of decisions made by the executive branch. It's not their right to do that, really. It's supposed to be made by the legislature here in Pennsylvania. And those rules are not adjudicated in a timely fashion. So by the time the Supreme Court heard the case, it was already too late. But it's an issue that's continuing in 21. I tell you, I'm in Montgomery County here, just outside Philadelphia. We got about 15,000 one-sided ballots. So what did the state do? They sent two-sided ballots and said, honor system, throw away the ones that were not done correctly. In Lehigh Valley, where I was today, there were a lot of undated absentee ballots. Well, you're not supposed to use those. But the decision is made by that group to go ahead and count them. And now that's in litigation. So you don't want people concerned about the sanctity of the election. We ought to get these rules straight. And even within the state, we are having disagreements. Imagine what would happen if the federal government got involved.
0: Dr. Oz, you're uh, you're running for the nomination. Uh, it's a competitive primary. you got some other candidates. Uh, anything you want to say about these folks? Uh, you know, why you not them or what's wrong with them? Or do you like any of them? Do you not like them? Well, what, what What's your take on your on your competition?
4: You know, we need to have a vocal senator from Pennsylvania who understands why Washington's gotten it wrong. And they have gotten it wrong with COVID, we talked about, but they got it wrong with inflation and and paying people not to work and the supply chains, which are in shambles. Businesses can't hire employees here in Pennsylvania. And so, and the border, I can keep going. Why are they getting it wrong? Because they've got the wrong values. Something that I've done my whole life is to fight against orthodoxy, fight against folks who aren't paying attention to you. Big pharma, big agrochemical companies, U.S. government, big tech. And I've proven I can do that. I've got the scars to prove it. And I'm not hesitant. You know, I can't be bought. I think I'm the right person to represent the state because I can get that message across to all Americans.
0: Hey, by the way, very quickly, you somehow became a doctor and you picked up a master's of business administration, an MBA. You got an MD (laughs) and an MBA. That's a lot of school. How did you work the MBA into the picture? And does it I guess it helps. It's a good thing to have.
4: Well, I'll tell you, if you if you would really want to understand and change medicine, you have to understand the money in medicine. There is a, a medical industrial complex. When I was in med school at Penn here in Philadelphia, I went to the Wharton Business School and I learned a lot about finance. Believe me, it's coming in very handy in this campaign because so many of the challenges faced by Pennsylvanians, the Commonwealth here, are resulting in, in financial burdens. So I, I understand what we need to do. The key goal for us is to get people focused on exactly that, how to change the world for the better. But I'll tell you, You don't get you. If you want to be optimistic in the world, go travel around the middle of Pennsylvania. These folks know what they need to do. They just want the government out of their hair.
0: The Wharton School, just like a president, we all know he actually went to Wharton as well. Well, Dr. Roz, listen, continued success. Be careful out there on the campaign trail. Come back soon. Dr. Roz, we appreciate it. All the best. God bless, Greg. We'll be right back, folks. Senator Chuck Schumer, Democrat of New York. He's been there in Congress for, uh, well, 24 years or so. 1998, he ran for the Senate. And he's been a real pain in the neck and, quite frankly, a bit of a jerk. (laughs) Uh, Terrible to Donald Trump. There's hope on the way, potentially. Joe Pinion is the new Republican candidate for United States senator from New York State. He's going up, hopefully against uh, Chuck Schumer once he secures the nomination, of course. You know Joe because he's an ex-Newsmax host, ex as of about 20 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Joe, welcome back. How are you? Good to be here, my friend. feel like a fish out of water, but again, uh, probably exactly where we need to be in this moment to make sure we can restore some sanity to this country that we love.
0: Well, this is pretty wild, Joe. Uh, You're running for the United States Senate. All right, look. I know he's a, I know, I don't like
2: Chuck Schumer, but first you got to make your case. Uh, What's wrong with the guy? Sum it up if you would. I mean, look, let's be quite clear. Uh, As I said yesterday, I don't care if you're left of Bernie Sanders or right of President Trump. uh, Everything that you hate about America today has Chuck Schumer's fingerprints all over it. Uh, He is the tip of the spear. And so if you want to have a country that works for we, the people, again, if we are tired of parents being told that their voice should be silent when it comes to the future of their children, then we must absolutely head this off at the pass. And that starts with the man whose silence has allowed children to hijack a conversation about the direction that this greatest uh, experiment in democracy uh, is that going to be headed in. The children. Are you talking about are you talking about the squad? (laughs) Well, I'm talking about the squad. I'm talking about a person like Congresswoman AOC who weeps on the floor of Congress about the prospect of sending aid to Israel to make sure innocent women and children don't get blown up by terrorists. I'm talking about a person like the squad, Elon Omar, who doesn't see a problem with Jewish people being beat down in Times Square, looking like a reenactment of Gaza and me on lunch break in the theater district. Uh, That is what we're dealing with here at home. Chaos run amok. Uh, You've got our fuel supply being hacked by Russian actors, our beef supply being hacked by Russian actors, the compromising the American hamburger. And yet, while Vladimir Putin says, I know nothing about it, you have Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden putting their head in the sand while the security of this nation remains under siege.
0: All right, Joe, if you do this, and let's face it, it's going to be tough, but it's not impossible. Anything can happen in politics. Uh, we should know a little bit more about you. You do a great show. You did a great show here on Newsmax. Um,
2: look. You got to make the case for you. To the people, why Joe Pinion? Why you? Let's be very clear. Everything I've done in my life has prepared me to be in this fight. I've worked in the nonprofit healthcare sector in the poorest congressional district in America, which is the Bronx, by the way, where we have three out of five black children living in despair. I've been in the private sector. I've seen the power of business to uplift lives, and I've also seen the power of government uh, to destroy opportunity. And so when we look at the fact that New York City... Uh, is the largest slumlord in America, not a billionaire, NYCHA Housing. Uh, you start to wonder, why is it that government is held to a different standard as the private sector? And so I believe that it is not that I am a perfect candidate, but this is the perfect moment for us to build an uncommon coalition for an uncommon outcome to ensure that Chuck Schumer and the bad policies that are destroying the land that we love, the home of the brave, uh, can actually finally end up in the dustbin of history.
0: So, Joe Pinion, um, listen, you got to come back. I I know you got the primary first, but uh, I can see this happening, and uh, you'd be great.
2: I'll tell you this, Greg. We're sitting here right now. If you're talking about the three most dangerous words in the history of modern politics, defund police, we have to deal with the fact that law enforcement is more at risk, communities are more in danger, uh, because these children were allowed to hijack our national conversation for justice reform, and there's no excuse for that, which is why, unfortunately, the most dangerous year to wear a uniform in American history was 2021, 126 percent increase in ambush killings for the people that keep our community safe. We have to remedy that now with your voice, with your votes. And if God willing, your hands and bodies on the street to knock on doors and send Chuck Schumer into the retirement home for good.
0: JoePinion.com. Check it out. JoePinion.com. I got a good feeling about this. To be continued, sir. <laughs> good we'll to be see you, right my back. friend. You bet. God bless. Thank you. And Stinch is next.